Howdy. It is the Views from the Shop podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, one topic. That's Michigan basketball. We are going to preview the Michigan game coming up here on Sunday, February 5th. But before we do that, can I be the first to wish you a happy National Homemade Soup Day? Isn't that nice and warm and and comforting knowing that today, February 4th, is National Homemade Soup Day? I hope you get the chance, because of this holiday, to celebrate, make some homemade soup, do what you got to do, and enjoy it. Because tomorrow, we may not be so lucky. We hope Ohio State wins, but we need something to comfort us. So happy National Homemade Soup Day. Today, previewing the Michigan game. That's all we will discuss today, so let's get into it. Talking about Ohio State versus Michigan. This will be a 1 o'clock Eastern tip-off in Ann Arbor, where Michigan will enjoy a sell-out crowd. Michigan sold this game out on Friday. It announced it'll be a packed house. It should be an electric environment. One more hurdle for Ohio State to jump over Michigan. Sitting at 12-10 and 10 right now, not much better than the Buckeyes. Only a full game better, but 6-5 and five in the conference, right in the middle of the pack of a loaded Big Ten. Taking a look back at the, their schedule, first notable game of the season came back in November. I don't put a lot of weight into games in November, but it's worth noting just to showcase who they've played. First game they played Pitt. Pitt's a tournament team. You'll see them around the 7, 8, 9, 10 seed line from most bracketologists, those who majored in bracketology, if you're not familiar with uh, profession or term. They crush Pitt, 91 to 60, and then they immediately turned around, got slapped by Arizona State, a bubble team on the outside looking in right now, 87 to 62. One of those early season tournaments where Michigan tried to get a couple of good names on their resume. Again, Arizona State on the outside looking in on the bubble right now. Joined the club, Ohio State as well. But they were able to go out and beat Pitt 91-60. to How much that game matters now? Not much at all. That was back in November. We're in February. These teams are totally different. Rotations have changed around. All the things. After that, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, or I believe this year it was dubbed the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I think if I'm not wrong, they they actually change up which conference gets to go first in that challenge every year. Isn't that fun? This year, the ACC got to be the leading conference. Michigan lost to Virginia only by two points. Again, that was back early in the season. Take it for what it's worth, but they're very competitive with Virginia a top 10 team in the nation this year. They've also played Kentucky and North Carolina. They lost to both, lost to North Carolina, joined the club, as did Ohio State back in December, and Michigan's only really bad loss of the year came against Central Michigan. 
those plucky, sneaky Mac schools. You don't want to go against them. You certainly don't want to lose. Michigan did that, losing to Central Michigan, a team that you think it's bad at Ohio State. Central Michigan will not get an invite to the NCAA tournament. That's all but forgotten unless they win the MAC Conference tournament. They will not be playing in the National Invitational Tournament, also known as the Consolation Bracket or Loser's Bracket, affectionately known. And they also will not play in the College Basketball Invitational. Just a bad team. Well under 500. Really, really bad loss for Michigan that will probably knock them down one seed line when March Madness begins. So that's the tale of the tape for them. Recently, however, they're far from hot. They're really not playing great basketball right now. In their last 10, they're 5-5. Five and five. Those are all games since January 1st, all in the Big Ten. They did just beat Northwestern. They beat them handily, and they swept the season series with them. But they've played games against Penn State, Purdue, Maryland, all the likes, just splitting. Michigan having trouble getting any kind of momentum this year. But 5-5 five and five in the last 10 is better than where Ohio State has been since January 1st. That would be three wins for Ohio State. So this Michigan team, far from hot, but could be worse. They're at least in an advantageous spot in the Big Ten standings. And they also, at this point, have played a better non-conference schedule. A couple of losses there, but not bad losses. So you can't hate on that. You know who you can hate on, though? You can't hate on Michigan if you're an Ohio State fan. Team stats for Michigan. Where are they good? Where are they not? Well, spoiler alert, they're about average everywhere, team-wise. Offensively, defensively, free throw shooting, rebounding, turnovers, adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency, just about everywhere. Everywhere. They're just straight-up average. Now, Ken Palm is somewhat fond of this Michigan team. Ranked number 56 nationally in Ken Palm, number 52 in adjusted offensive efficiency, number 68 in adjusted defensive efficiency. So Ken Palm is like, eh, take them or leave them. They're fine. They're not great on either side of the ball, but they're solid on both sides of the ball, a little bit better offensively than defensively. Then you look at the Big Ten numbers. This is a Michigan team, again, smack dab in the middle everywhere. Offensively, they're averaging 73 points per game. That's good for number six in the Big Ten. Their field goal percentage, number eight in the Big Ten at 45%. Number seven in three-point shooting at 34%. And number nine in the Big Ten when it comes to free throw shooting at 70%. None of those numbers should scare you. They don't scare me. However, I don't play for Ohio State, so that shouldn't affect me at all. Offensively, a so-so team, at least team metric-wise. Goes much deeper than that. We'll get more specific here in a bit. Defensively, this is a Michigan team, number 13 out of 14 in the Big Ten when it comes to defensive points per game, averaging 69 points per game given up, which is not great. Field goal percentage as well. Giving up a 42% clip from the field this year. That's number 11 in the conference. Does it remind you of anything? Ring any bells? 
maybe Iowa. That's a team Ohio State was able to take advantage of offensively. They were the worst team in the Big Ten in terms of field goal percentage. Does it mean anything? No, there's a lot more to it than that. But they've not given up the the worst of shots this year, has this Michigan defense. Three-point shooting, they're number six, right in the middle, giving up 32% opponent three-point percentage this year. And they're also not highly gifted when it comes to blocking shots, stealing the ball, jumping out in passing lanes. Although this, this is a pretty athletic Michigan team with an incredible freshman class, of course, five freshmen in the class playing right now for Michigan, a couple playing really, really high-quality minutes for this Wolverine team. But overall, not all that skilled, stealing the ball, blocking shots, or anything like that. Although they do have, obviously, Hunter Dickinson, who can swat away some shots. Rebounding, again, average. They're about minus one average on the year on a per-game basis. They're number five in turnover margin, just below plus two per game. And this is a Michigan team that, as a whole, again, we look at them as a team, as a whole, not breaking this down individual by individual. They're pretty average. They're really only seven to eight deep. They can get by playing seven players. They won't play more than eight. Not all that different from an Ohio State team, of course, who who will play eight, nine, sometimes ten, but really only eight or nine getting real big-time minutes, which is a lot for what we see compared to other teams in the Big Ten. But Michigan, a little bit more of a thin team, should remind you of an Iowa in that regard. And in general, Michigan and Iowa, very similar teams. Not the best defensively. will give up some open looks. Teams will make shots against them. And overall, solid team for sure. But there's some places where they, they can be beat. And we'll talk about where they can be beat for sure. But as you look at this team right now, led by Juwan Howard, of course, we hope he doesn't play slappy hands with Chris Holtman at the end of the game. This Michigan team, good. They're battle-tested. That's the biggest thing that you can say about this program. They went out and they handled business in their non-conference. They didn't win a lot of games in the non-conference against top competition, but they did play close games. They barely lost Kentucky. They barely lost Virginia. Lost that game by two, like we said. Again, they got bounced around by Arizona State. They crushed Pitt. Those two games in the middle of November don't mean a lot. But this is a team that has seen better teams in Ohio State. That's for sure. So if anything, although this is a younger Michigan team, They've got some freshmen out there playing a lot of minutes. They they are not the youngest team that you will see. It's not like they went out and played East-West Central, online, community college, West Campus. This this is a team that has seen some things. They've played some, some tough teams. They just lost to Purdue and barely lost to Purdue, just like Ohio State did. So we can pat each other on the back for that, I suppose. But all in all... This team, although they're not really loved by advanced metrics, they don't have a lot of great quality wins overall, solid team. 
This is a solid team overall. Now let's talk individually for this Michigan program. You familiar with the name Hunter Dickinson? If you aren't, you probably have been living under a rock when it comes to Big Ten basketball the past three years. Hunter Dickinson back with Michigan. He's a 7-1 junior southpaw. He could do it all. Obviously, he's a household name in the Big Ten. Big Ten Freshman of the Year two years ago. Two-time All-Conference, freshman year and sophomore year. And Hunter Dickinson has improved. If you remember who he was, his freshman year, his sophomore year, a, a big guy. Not only is he tall, but he's thick. By the way, the Ohio State basketball team, probably the thickest team in all of the NCAA. I mean, these are guys who can back you down. Ice likely, no thank you. Zed Key, no shot if you've got another guy who's 6'9 against him. Bruce Thornton, short, but thick. These are some guys with some some wide loads, okay? Put some caution flags around them. It, it's a big team, this Ohio State team is, at least width-wise, thickness-wise. Hunter Dickinson, he can match up with the best of them at Ohio State. Not only because of his frame, but he's seven freaking one. We've seen Ohio State go up against seven-footers this year. They just did against Wisconsin, struggled. Zach Eady, I think Ohio State played somewhat well against Zach Eady, but in my opinion, Michigan has better athletes at the guard position than Purdue does. Back to Dickinson. Not only does he have improved range this year, he's very, very skilled in the post, but being able to add that three-point shot where he's shooting, I think, almost 40% from three this year. This is a guy who shot no threes his freshman year. I think he attempted four or something like that. Please don't fact check me. I'm probably wrong. But he's not a big-time shooter his freshman year. He comes in his sophomore year, starts to improve a little bit, and this year he's shooting lights out from deep. So he's going to be a lot to handle for Zed Key, Felix Akpara, maybe Eugene Brown, Justice Suing. I don't know who's going to match up with him if there's foul trouble, but... He can score in the low post. He's very, very patient. And he's improved his three-point shot. He's averaging 17.7 points per game. That's fourth in the Big Ten. He's at 8.3 rebounds right now. That's sixth in the Big Ten. And he's fifth in field goal percentage, one spot ahead of Bryce Senzabaugh. Dickinson also has been a double-digit scorer in all but four games this year for Michigan. And in two of those games, he had nine points. So one more shot falls, one more free throw falls. And he's a double-digit scorer in every game this year but two. That's incredible. That's incredible consistency out of a junior who's played in the Big Ten. He's played Ohio State multiple times. He's dealt with guys like Zach Eady, Kofi Coburn, the big guys. He's dealt with them. This undersized Ohio State team is going to have to figure out how to deal with Hunter Dickinson. By the way, he has 23 career double-doubles. I believe that's 14th all-time. This is a guy who can go out and score 20 points, grab 10 rebounds every single night. And to me, he's more of a matchup nightmare than a Zach Eady at Purdue. Because Dickinson, again, he doesn't get flustered when you double him. If you have a guard come down and choke him in the low post... 
He can find the open man. He doesn't get flustered. He plays with poise. Overall, one of the best players, I think, in the Big Ten. Deserves some more love. And he's also one of nine players in Michigan basketball history with 100 blocks or more in his career. Offensively, defensively, rebounding the ball, passing the ball. This is a very, very skilled player. Standing at 7-1. Ohio State is going to have to figure out how to deal with Hunter Dickinson. Other player I will mention here, at least with a fair amount of attention, Jet Howard. Son of Jawan Howard. He's a freshman of the year candidate in my eyes. He's averaging almost 15 points per game this year. He had a season high of 34 points in that overtime game against Iowa. Let's pause real quick. How many threes do you think he made in that game? I'll let you guess. If you already know, don't cheat. Don't blurt it out for the other listeners who don't know. I'll let you pause. Is that enough time? Good. He hit seven threes in that game. That's tied for his season high, seven triples. So not only can he shoot the ball lights out, but he can also drive and finish and score. Pure scorer, extremely gifted. He's likely a one-and-done player, just like Bryce Sensenbaugh. Although the difference between those two players are, one is the son of Juwan Howard. Also, one has some support around him offensively. Howard will likely be gone, so enjoy this game. If he didn't play for Michigan, man, I would love to watch this guy play night in and night out. He is a very, very fun player to watch. Just so skilled scoring, a pure scorer. He started every game this season. However, one area of note for Jet, the freshman wall, something that has been talked about with Bruce Thornton, certainly, with Jet Howard maybe coming. He has not been the most efficient scorer in the past couple of weeks. Field goal percentage has dropped game over game for a couple of weeks. Maybe he's hit a freshman wall. Maybe it's just a slump. I'm not sure. But Howard, he's tall. He's lengthy. He can score anywhere on the floor. And he's going to be a nightmare for Ohio State to have to guard when you pair him with Hunter Dickinson. This is an NBA talent, just like Bryce Sensenbaugh. And if Howard is matched up on Sensabaugh, he might cook him. He might cook him well done. Obviously, Sensabaugh, not the most gifted defender. Incredible offensively, that's never been a question. But when Sensabaugh finds himself out of position, he'll foul, i.e. fouling out against Wisconsin. So just be on the lookout for that. Jet Howard is probably going to get his no matter what. Doug McDaniel. Another freshman on this Michigan team that I want to mention here. He's ninth in the Big Ten in assists, almost four assists per game. He's very inefficient when it comes to scoring. It'll take a lot of shots for him to get 10, 12, 14 points. He's averaging single-digit points this year. There's other players averaging more for Michigan, who I won't mention in depth here. But I do want to mention Doug McDaniel. Biggest reason, because he can distribute the ball and he is just your classic playmaker. I'm not going to compare him to Aaron Kraft. Aaron Kraft is the poster child for playmaking, at least for Ohio State fans. I won't make that comparison, although I guess you could argue that I kind of did by bringing up Aaron Kraft in the exact same conversation. 
as Doug McDaniel when talking about playmaking. Say what you will. Also, he's not the worst defender in the world. I gotta stop. However, Doug McDaniel stands at five foot eleven, a little undersized for Big Ten basketball, but as a point guard, you can deal with that. So again, not the most efficient scorer, but he's athletic, and he'll make plays. He'll drop dimes. Be on the lookout for Doug McDaniel in this one. Let's talk about keys to the game. If you listened to the Wisconsin review, I hope you know where I'm going with this. If you didn't listen to it, can you just press pause really quickly here and go back to that episode, give it a listen. If you don't mind, if it's not the worst idea in the world, I'm trying to get some views here. Help me out. Again, my life will not depend on it, but... You never know. If it does, you don't want to be the one who didn't give us a listen, and now I'm on the chopping block. We'd hate to get shut down this early, right? Someone's got to pay the bills. So give that a listen. If you've already listened to it, you can listen again. I'm beating a dead horse here, and that's okay. Because why? It's my show. I do what I want. Keys to the game. I mentioned I was excited about this episode in the Wisconsin episode For one reason. What did Chris Holtman mention in his press conference multiple times? I've told you before, you've got to listen to these press conferences. They will give you hidden gems about certain players, about rotations, about where the focus will be for a team. Really important to understand the story of a game as well and get a narrative from a coach's perspective. Chris Holtman, what he said after the game, after getting tossed, Maybe the fastest two technical fouls in college basketball history. I mean, bang, bang. Very, very quick there. Congrats to Holtman on that. Breaking records every day. He said they had no bite when they started the game. That was phrasing he used multiple times. No bite. Ohio State had to call a timeout three minutes into the game, down 8 nothing against Wisconsin. They didn't take care of the basketball. They played loose, not in a good way, gave up open looks, found themselves down 8 to nothing. Bryce Sensenbaugh resuscitates Ohio State yet again. It's what we're used to seeing. Thank you, Bryce. We appreciate you. Gets it to 8-8. Eight to eight. But the Buckeyes turned the ball over a bunch. They could not get in the game. They found themselves down by double digits early on in that one. It was a very slow start. And as Chris Holtman said, no bite. So, number one key to the game against Michigan, go bite. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means. This is a sold-out atmosphere Ohio State will be playing in against your bitter rivals. Is the rivalry the same between basketball and football? No. But these teams don't like each other. And when you're playing in this game, when you put on the Michigan uniform, playing Ohio State, and vice versa, there's one thing that matters And that's beat the other team, no matter what. On that day, all that matters is you don't want to walk off that court losing to your arch rival. So for Ohio State, dealing with a hostile environment, dealing with the fact that they've gotten off to slow starts, and dealing with a team that can score inside out with Michigan, 
You've got to get out to a fast start. I ranted in the last episode, particularly about one thing, a couple things, but one thing was my biggest pain, the biggest thorn in my side was the fact that when Chris Holtman called that timeout three minutes in, I just guessed what that conversation had to look like. And I thought it was something like this. Hey guys, we have a we have a basketball game right now. Are we aware of this? You know, these these jerseys you have on, these aren't the practice ones. These are clean, they're fresh, they smell nice. We're supposed to go play in a basketball game now. So if we can please try to have a little bit more effort, a little bit more energy, I would really appreciate that. I think that's maybe how the conversation went. I don't know. I wasn't there. Well, I was there. I was at the shot. I wasn't in the huddle. That team didn't act like they wanted to be there. At halftime, watching them come out of the locker room, they they put it on the, the, the jumbotron, or whatever you want to call it, on the big screen, and they're walking out, and they do not look locked in or engaged at all. Leadership has been a huge issue for Ohio State. Chris Holtman again talked about it in the postgame after the Wisconsin game. Regardless, Ohio State needs to get out to a fast start. Hustle, rebound, play hard, die for loose balls, act like you want to be on the floor. If you don't, this Michigan fan base, they're going to get on you. This Michigan team is going to get on you because they're very skilled and they can make a run in this tournament. So key number one for Ohio State is get out to a fast start. And that means also running in transition. You have got to run in transition, score transition points, finish, move the ball, move around. I'm going to get into another rant now, so I will move on. Key number two to this game. I'm ranking these in order of importance as well. It is so important for Ohio State to, for once, get out to a hot start and put the pressure on another team. Although Chris Holtman said on Thursday night after the loss, he said, we play better when we're down. Okay, Chris, from the rest of the year, we'll spot the other team five points to start the game. Then hopefully they'll play better. Anyways, key number two, shut down Hunter Dickinson and rotate. This is going to be a Michigan team that if you are doubling Hunter Dickinson or even if you're just choking or digging on him, Dickinson has the patience and has the poise to move the ball around. And Michigan as a team does a really good job of making that one pass out of the post, one more swing pass or reversal, get the open look, or pump fake, drive, dribble pull up. This is a good team with athletes that Michigan has. So you have got to be able to shut down Dickinson. And at the same time, defensively, you've got to be quick. You've got to rotate. You've got to play good help defense. Because if you don't, Michigan is going to kill you. This is very important. And I think that although this is my number two key of the game, you should keep a very, very keen eye on this on the first 10 minutes or so. Ohio State, Friday, Saturday into Sunday, they should be completely focused defensively on quick rotations, hustling, taking care of help side D. And if they are not focused on that in the first 10 minutes after having two full days to prepare for it, they're not going to have a focus on it in the next 30 minutes 
and somehow find a solution. So if you don't see that in the first 10 minutes, you can probably just turn the channel and go watch another team play. Key number three, take care of the freaking basketball. Squeeze the orange, as some say. Ohio State has actually played pretty well when it comes to taking care of the basketball this year. They're in the middle of the Big Ten, but in the past four losses, actually past four games, three losses, four games, before the Wisconsin game, they did not turn the ball over much. They turned the ball over less than their season average in every single one of these games. Then the Wisconsin game comes, and they get the kiss of death. 16 turnovers against Wisconsin. 16. Add that with foul trouble. Hard to win that game, even when you're plus 19 on the board. I don't know how it's feasibly possible to lose a game when you're plus 19 on the freaking glass. Ohio State made it happen. Regardless, you've got to take care of the basketball against Michigan. This is a skilled offensive team. They've got great scores. If you're not squeezing the orange, you're in big trouble in this one. Not like you can ever afford to turn the ball over a lot, but in this one, you got to be careful with the basketball. Make crisp passes. When you're cutting to the hoop, you see a lot of backdoor cuts, a lot of back cuts from the corner from this Ohio State team, which is great to see. It's great to see motion from this offense, which is typically stagnant. But when you do cut, you have got to be able to throw crisp bounce passes, move the ball well, and catch these passes as well. Show me soft hands. Last point to this game that I will mention. This has been a key for weeks. Bryce Senzenbaugh, he's going to the NBA. He will not return to Ohio State next season. Ohio State will not be able to put together a huge NIL deal. If they can't figure it out for the football team, they're not going to be able to figure it out for the basketball team. Senzenbaugh will be gone. At this point, he needs help. He needs serious help offensively. Doesn't matter who it is at this point. Zed Key, Felix Akpara, Justice Suing, Bruce Thornton, Sean McNeil, whoever it ends up being, you got to find someone. At this point, it doesn't matter who. It just matters that Ohio State gets help somewhere. Someone's got to support Bryce Sensenbaugh. A lot of people don't want to see Zed Key play. They'd rather see Felix Akpara. They're saying that Key has regressed. Field goal percentage-wise, he's pretty similar to where he was last year. He's just undersized, and it's going to be tough for him to score on Hunter Dickinson, although in the past couple years he's shown an ability to do so because he has at times been very, very good scoring in the paint. Can it be Sean McNeil? Can he hit a couple of triples in this game? That would be a huge, huge lift and weight off the shoulders of this entire team. A huge, huge lift for Ohio State as a team in general. Maybe Bruce Thornton can break through that wall, that freshman wall that he's hit. Maybe he breaks through it in this game. I don't know, but someone's got to help Bryce Sensenbaugh. He cannot do it all out there. He's great. He's a phenomenal scorer, but when Ohio State goes out there and every single night the defense knows, shut down Senzabaugh, 
shutdown number 10. And there's really no other weapons on this team who can score consistently. That's a problem. Ohio State has got to make defenses fear other players in Sensabaugh. I think that's one of the other big issues to watch for in this game. Okay, Buckeyes at 500. In danger of falling below 500 in Big Ten play. This is going to be a close one. Could be a runaway too. This is why I don't bet on games, even though it is legal now in Ohio as of January 1. I don't think Ohio State wins this game. I think Michigan is is better than where they are in the standings right now in the Big Ten. They've struggled to put it together consistently this year, but you've got a sold-out crowd. You've got a rivalry game. You've got a team that needs to put together some wins. This feels like a tough game for Ohio State to win. If they can get out to a fast start, they give themselves a chance. And if they can shut down Hunter Dickinson and rotate well, they have a very, very solid chance. But I think you'll see it in the first 10 minutes. If Ohio State can handle Hunter Dickinson, play good help D, rotate, fly around the ball, they will have a serious shot to win this game. That's all I got for today's show. I thank you again for tuning in. We've done a couple episodes here. We've gotten a pretty solid following so far. I love getting DMs from you. It's awesome to see when I get great feedback. I want you to know every single DM I get is highly appreciated. So if you think your opinion doesn't matter, you're wrong. That opinion is wrong. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think of the show. Please DM me anytime. If you don't mind, and if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on your platform of choice, Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Prime, wherever you take in your podcast. Can you just hit the follow button? That would be great. I'm not telling you have to listen to every episode, but if you subscribe, you at least give me the chance to be heard by you. And if you make me your first listen of the day when you see this episode come out, that means a lot to me. Can you tell your friends about the show as well? I know I'm asking a lot of you right now. Tell your friends about the show. I'm still following back the first 100 followers on our Twitter account, at the Shot Pod. So, tell your friends. I'd appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and... Go Bucks!